0: and responsible gaming resources.
1: You're listening to the Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field, it is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. We are your film breakdown team, your analysis team here. for the New York Giants blog, a part of SB Nation. Today's episode, we are continuing our bi-week discussion of first-round NFL draft prospects that you need to be aware of. We're using this time to get prepared way ahead of time for the NFL draft, filling you in on key players that could fit with the Giants and help take this team to the next step of turning into a possible playoff contender. Now, as we did on the last show on on the offensive one that came out on Thursday, the last piece of this, we broke down offensive prospects based on tiers in specific needs for the Giants. The way that went, went about was the first tier of 5 to around 10, if the Giants end up sitting around where they currently are in terms of uh, draft pick range, who are the big-name players? Conversely, if they, if they traded back or if they have a strong finish to the season and don't make the playoffs, if they're picking in 10 to 15, who are some other good, strong prospects there that maybe might slide a little bit or just fit really well in? In that range. And then lastly, if things go really well for the Giants and they make the playoffs somewhere around that 18 to 24 range, if things go super well, who are some names that you should also be aware of? Today's episode of Defensive Players, I would argue, is a lot more interesting because not only do the Giants just need a couple big playmakers to take this defense over the top, but also a lot of the talent in this draft class at positions of need for the Giants are on the defensive side of the ball. So Chris, I'm curious right now to hear your thoughts. What do you think are the key position groups that the Giants need to target?
2: I think I think the two big ones are edge and cornerback. Now, edge for me means a guy who plays on the edges of the defensive front. So either a defensive end, outside linebacker. In Patrick Graham's scheme, they're kind of the same position. Ideally, you're looking for a player who can rush for, with his hand in the dirt or from a two-point stance as a stand-up rusher. And if they can drop into coverage, that's a bonus. You know, that That's something you like to see just because it gives, him, gives the Giants defense that many more options to, to disguise coverages. Now, cornerback, obviously the Giants need somebody who can really solidify their secondary across from James Bradbury. Bradbury has been a great pickup for the Giants, but the other side has been leaky, and you know we call the cornerback position a cornerstone position. It's a really high priority position, but you do need two of them. Otherwise, teams can always look to the other side. And then also, I'd, I'd like to find an off-ball linebacker who can complement Blake Martinez and give the Giants the flexibility to be able to cover the middle of the field out of their base package, not have to go to a big nickel or you know a three safety set to cover the middle of the field, pick up running backs and tight ends over the middle. It would be really great for them if they could find an athletic linebacker who can play in space.
1: See, that's the key thing that you just pointed out. You said compliment. The linebackers that I want to talk about today, for me, it has to be a guy that is a Opposite skill set as Blake Martinez because right now what we're seeing with Martinez is he is a fantastic run defender. He is great at stopping a lot of runs right at the line of scrimmage. He makes a ton of great plays to the point where we're starting to see teams actually run away from him and try to attack David Mayo or Devontae Downs. So you need somebody that is equally as good as Blake Martinez, maybe possibly better based on some of these guys that are available, particularly one guy that we're going to bring up super soon. And you also want somebody that has a different skill set, somebody who can play in space, somebody who can cover, maybe somebody that you can put near the line of scrimmage. And again, we're gonna you could probably guess who we're about to br- bring up, but I want somebody who is going to compliment Blake Martinez. You brought up corner. We need a second outside corner to then compliment James Bradbury. That's a little bit different. If you want a similar skill set to Bradbury, you can have that with your corners as long as you're not forcing a, a tall, long player to play inside where they're not as comfortable. And then lastly, that out that outside linebacker. Passing, uh, pass rushing, outside linebacker is very, very key. We're going to highlight a couple of these guys. The first one, getting into these early first rounders, Chris. There's only really two players that I consider as early first rounders for the Giants, just based on how draft stocks might change for some other players that we're going to bring up soon. Micah Parsons from Penn State and Gregory Rousseau from Miami. We highlighted both of them. Rousseau, an edge rusher. Parsons, an outside linebacker. And the reason why, Chris, I love Micah Parsons so much is that he fits, I think, perfectly with what Patrick Graham wants with a linebacker. We see that he likes to even sometimes rush with Blake Martinez. And Micah Parsons has an edge defender background as he was recruited to be a pass rusher and then eventually moved inside. So you don't have to figure out, oh, where do we want to put Micah Parsons? Do we want to put him an outside linebacker? Do we want to put him an inside? I think you just move him around and have fun with him. He's that type of a player that he can do a ton of different things.
2: Yeah, uh, Micah Parsons really could be a Levante David or Devin White type linebacker where he has next level athleticism. He is an elite athlete and he can play in space. Uh, He's probably a better coverage player right now than Devin White is right now after a couple years in the nfl but he also has that ability to play downhill you can rush him through the a or b gaps you could even line him up as like a nine technique defensive end rush linebacker particularly if you choose to use like a five-man defensive line and use his speed and power as a mismatch against an offensive tackle or a tight end and Get that quick pressure the Giants just cannot generate right now. Parsons is interesting because he has really intriguing athleticism, but he also has the versatility to fill a whole bunch of potential roles in the Giants defense.
1: Yeah, that again, that's a big reason why I like Parsons so much as a fit for what Patrick Graham loves to do defensively. The one thing that I point to is you see Graham love to line up six guys at the line of scrimmage and then drop half of a line on one side to create confusion. You need a linebacker who can blitz and can rush at a quality level. And I just think that based on his background as a player, you're getting exactly that with Micah Parsons. And then additionally with Greg Rousseau, I just want to bring up this thought here that I think Rousseau is very talented. He's a super strong raw athlete that can turn into a dominant player. I'm just wondering right now, Chris, is he a scheme fit for this team? I almost wonder if he's better off as just a, a, a strict four-three defensive end because you could bulk him up to 300 pounds, which might really be pushing it. I just don't know if he could play outside linebacker with this with this Giants defense. You need somebody who is like Kyler Fackrell or Lorenzo Carter that can play in space, I think that Rousseau is a good a- athlete, and I've also seen him on tape try to cover running backs. I just don't think that's a, a proper usage of his skill set. He's better better off going after the quarterback and, and chasing down running backs on every play.
2: Well, I, I think if he is the highest-rated defender on the Giants board when they are picking, they almost have to select him. I think Patrick Graham is a good enough defensive coordinator that he can adjust his scheme to incorporate Rousseau's skill set yeah i think rousseau can rush from a two-point stance you know you don't want him dropping in, into coverage that doesn't mean he has to you could use him like chandler jones is used in arizona or how todd bowles is using using jason pierre paul in tampa bay where yes he is an edge he's an you know kind of a hybrid outside linebacker defensive end he's going downhill 95 percent of the time, and if you, if you can get Rousseau doing that and really develop his skills, the develop his toolbox as a pass rusher, I think he can have a home in this defense and be a guy you never really have to take off the field.
1: We are going to discuss some of the other prospect tiers coming up very shortly.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity.
1: VAN29.com. So now transitioning, Chris, into the second pick tier where, if maybe, like I said, if the Giants trade back because somebody wants a quarterback, or if hypothetically they win five to six games, which we talked about on the offensive show. Based on how many bad teams there are in this year's class, six wins is, it might be enough to push you outside of the top ten. So now this group gets really interesting, and I think that this is the home run spot for where a lot of the corners are going to go. I can see them starting to come off the board around pick eight, depending on how the Giants are selecting, but the remaining group of these talented corners are going to go somewhere in this range. Sean Wade from Ohio State is not in this group right now. His draft stock is not doing so hot because they moved him from nickel corner to outside corner, and he is seriously struggling. But the group of corners that we have in this in this group tier: Alabama's Patrick Sertain, South Carolina's J.C. Horn, and then uh, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. So this is a talented group, and I would argue they could go in any order for me. You know, I wouldn't say one is clearly Ahead head above the other right now. I would like to watch a little bit more tape on Horn and Sertain as I've already watched enough on, not enough, but a good amount on Farley to know where he might lie. But based on what team's value at corner is going to impact who goes first.
2: Yeah, absolutely. certain you know, not quite sure how he will fare as an athlete. He's got, from what I've seen, he's got really good feet, really good hips. He's a good press man corner, good ball hawk but you know, can he keep up with nfl athletes at wide receiver that i think is going to be the question that he has to answer at the co- at the scouting combine kind of the same with jc horn he's really aggressive physical player uh he has done a ton for himself this year in fact i think he could wind up being maybe this is a little bit of history rhyming this this year's version of Stephen gilmore again uh Big, physical, long, aggressive press man corner from South Carolina. You know, at this time, back in 2011, there weren't a whole lot of people talking about Stephen Gilmore. But then, over the last part of the season and through the draft process, his stock, his draft stock, skyrocketed to the fact where the Bills were able to take him 11th overall, and he wound up being the best corner to come out of that draft. He's way better than Mo Claiborne, and played a pretty significant role in the last Super Bowl the New England Patriots won. And I think that player could be JC Horn this year. And then Caleb Farley, we did a scouting report show on him. Yeah, you know, he's got some work to do, yeah, you know, in the technique aspect of playing corner, but he has physical tools that coaches just drool over the thought of working with. You know, big, long, super athletic. That's right. But okay, yeah. And as a convert from the offensive side of the ball, he he's got a feel for playing the ball in the air, disrupting passes. He is going to be a very interesting prospect to watch over the draft process.
1: And just taking a look at this, you know, this group, you brought up JC Horn being a, a good comp to Stefan Gilmore, and, and that's one that a lot of people are starting to use, not just because he's from South Carolina, but the style of play that he has. He's a taller corner. He's got long arms, similar to the other guys here that we brought up, and he's fantastic in press situations, super aggressive, a little bit different than Gilmore in terms of demeanor because he's a guy that, that really likes to talk smack. He's a guy that is very willing to, to talk up his play, we've seen that on his social media. He's already opted out of the season very recently after Will Muschamp just got fired. He knows exactly he did a, what he needed to do to put him in, himself in this top 20 pick range. And frankly, Chris, I'm going to argue right now and I'm going to come out and say that I think that if, if the Giants are going to go corner and they're picking right around this spot, I want to see them go J.C. Horn. I think that he would be a perfect player for this Giants defense, you're getting a, a guy that has a, a I'm-the-best type of an attitude. I think that it adds a level of grittiness to this defense. He would work really well opposite of James Bradbury. Just imagine the ability to shut down outside receivers not only with one guy but with two guys. You would prevent a lot of offenses from moving the ball effectively. If Horn can develop within into his second year to being a talented, top-quality corner, And James Bradbury still playing at the same level he is in a couple years from now in the final year of his contract. I think that both of those guys would work so well together. But Horn, for me, is the guy that I'm paying attention to the most. I think that the Giants might not be in that pick range to go get Micah Parsons just based on how things are currently looking and how well that they're playing right now. If they end up past pick 10, I want to see J.C. Horn as that starting outside corner, second outside corner.
2: Yeah, and right now, uh, Patrick Graham's coverage schemes are what are carrying this defense. Yeah, I know Leonard Williams is getting talked up a lot right now because, you know, he is really on, he's having a career year production wise, but nothing about his play has really changed. He is still a guy who needs time to get to the quarterback. And if the Giants are set, on extending him and giving him the paycheck he wants, they're going to have to make sure that offenses cannot crack their secondary because Williams is not a fast pass rusher. He is not Aaron Donald by any stretch of the imagination. He needs four and a half, five seconds to get to the quarterback. So you you need coverage players who can keep the ball in quarterback's hands for that long.
1: And then the last player that comes in this tier group is is Dylan Moses, who right now, he's sliding a little bit. He's not really playing up to the level I think people expected when he decided to go back to Alabama. Moses, I, I, I we, we included him in this tier group because he's a linebacker and the Giants need a linebacker. But I, I'm going to say this, Chris, I don't really don't think Moses is, is a good fit for this Giants defense because... He's not a clone of Blake Martinez, but he's a similar style of player to Blake Martinez. So it would be truly redundant to add um, Moses into the mix. Somebody who right now is actually climbing in draft stock is Nick Bolton from Missouri. He might not be in the first round conversation, but I would argue if... If he continues to increase his draft stock, I'd rather have a Nick Bolton, who is a rangier, more athletic, compact linebacker uh, than Dylan Moses, who's a little bit more of an old school thumper.
2: You know, if we're going to go on this aside, I'd actually say maybe keep an eye on your guy from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Usu Kuromoa.
1: Yeah,
2: he's probably going to be coming out somewhere around 225, which I think at 6'2 is big enough to play as that off-ball linebacker he's got great instincts great range great athleticism he could maybe not with the same uh, versatility and raw power as Micah Parsons but he could be that off-ball compliment to Blake Martinez a guy who can kind of be an eraser for the defense he can come up pick up the spare if guy if running backs or anybody happens to leak through he can be great in pursuit and he can cover a lot of field at the second level he might be a guy to watch you know maybe work his way into the mid or later area of the first round
1: and I think that Owusu Kormoa fits perfectly into this final tier group as like a good first guy to lead in with because he's different from Parsons so Parsons is the the hybrid player that can play outside linebacker along the line of scrimmage and also in the interior. Owusu Koromoa is more of the hybrid of a safety and a linebacker. He's a former safety that they moved to outside linebacker. He is fantastic in coverage. He's big big enough to stay with tight ends, fast enough to stay with slot receivers. He is a fantastic athlete, so he also, for me, Makes a lot of sense for this Giants defense. Going with Owusu Koromoa, who is being a little bit compared to Shaq Thompson, who uh, is with the Carolina Panthers. A safety that moved a little bit more to outside linebacker. Is used in a a diverse um, fashion. Also kind of like Jeremy Chin. A little bit smaller version of Jeremy Chin, who is also being used as a safety and outside linebacker. But the other two guys that fit in this tier group... That are the later pass rush guys for the first round are two Michigan players, Aiden Hutchinson and Quitty Pay. Both are a little bit different in terms of skill set, but Quitty Pay is really increasing his draft stock right now. Both are good edge rushers, and if the Giants are around this pick range, if they want to address that that pass rush pass rush situation, I would argue either guy is a pretty good fit uh, later on in the first round. Hey.
2: Yeah, I would definitely look at both of them. And I think which one you would target or maybe rate a little bit higher because roster need always has to be factored into how you structure your board. I obviously player grade is that kind of supersedes everything. But if you have several similarly graded players, if one fits your team better than the other two, you know, then That's the guy you're going to go with. And I think what happens with Leonard Williams really could factor into how pay and Hutchinson are differentiated because Hutchinson, I think would fit the Leonard Williams role on this defense as a, a defensive end and a three down front or, you know, an edge in a four down front, whereas pay would be more of a, he could move more between that defensive end outside linebacker role. So I think depending on what what the Giants defensive front looks like personnel-wise really would be the determining factor between these two guys.
1: Well, folks, that is all of the defensive prospects that we wanted to highlight for you today. As you can see, there are a lot of interesting names that can come into play. I think that this defensive group has a lot of volatility in terms of draft stock. We could see some guys shoot-up out of nowhere. We can see guys riding a lot of momentum to push themselves into the top 10. But overall, this is a group that has talent at positions that the Giants currently need to address. So there's a lot of talent at edge, especially early on with Greg Rousseau. There's some serious talent at linebacker with some diverse skill sets. And then especially the corner class is very, very good. And you could even possibly see some of these high-quality prospects falling to the early second round where the Giants could then get a guy with first round potential to fill that corner position. So a lot of directions that the Giants can go in. I'm hoping that these two episodes have served as a really good eye opener for NFL draft conversation as we're not too far off from having to talk about this in full depth. As soon as the season ends, that is going to be our, um, our official focus for breaking things down and talking about what you know what what is the best fit for the Giants what do they need to do to help make this roster go from being good in certain spots to being great and being able to compete for an NFC East title as right now there's a lot of teams in the NFC East that are shifting from going from being clear-cut winners to now being outside of that range of needing to possibly rebuild soon. So, folks, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social media at Big Blue View, um, at Joe and at Raptor MKII. Also, please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of the latest episodes. Lastly, head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. After today's episode, we are going to get right back to you on Thursday for the Giants' next game and a preview for their upcoming opponent.